This is someone that you've never heard before. I don't know if you've seen her before or not. If you've been to some of the Orbit performances, you'll know that this is Allie Appel. Her dad is sitting uh, on the front row here, Evan, and we want to welcome you this morning. Glad to have you both with us. Allie was in the seventh grade when Orbit was formed. So she was one of the first students in orbit. This year she's a senior in high school and she's, uh, she goes to Pace Academy uh, and this year being a senior she's going to be doing a lot of auditions for scholarships so we wish her well in her quest there. She's a member of uh, uh, Peachtree Presbyterian Church and we want to welcome her this morning as she comes and sings for us and the song that's listed in the bulletin is not what she's singing okay so here we go.
Thank you so much. Allie, thank you so much. If you're visiting with us and you don't know what Orbit is, Orbit is a performing arts academy that meets on our first level, and they meet across the street in our building there. And uh, this year is their fifth year, starting six, six years. And their enrollment has now gone over 500. So how about that? Uh, Chris Hall, who was over here accompanying his mom, uh, is the founder of Orbit. And uh, it was not idea, it was not his idea to play the drum. How did you get roped into that, by the way? A very convincing mother. Chris, thank you for doing that. But uh, mostly now they're working with um, children up through high school seniors. So if you have a relative, a friend interested in theater, uh, singing, piano, dance, they can do all sorts of things. And we appreciate their ministry. We had a great Sunday last week if you were with us or if you weren't with us. We still had a great Sunday. We missed you. It was homecoming 2019, and I think the varsity food truck being here was a great hit and uh, maybe a new tradition that we will do in days ahead. Uh, we had three speakers, Mitch Hagens and Ashley Harris and Sam Still, and all three of them did a great job. Mitch talked about us being a praying church, and we are. And Ashley and Sam talk about First Baptist Church, Sandy Springs, being a welcoming church, and I'm going to talk about that today. You ever gone somewhere and felt unwelcome? Do you go back? Yeah. 
You walk into a store and maybe the clerks are on their devices. You had that happen to you? And they're just doing this and they don't care what you do. I, one Christmas, I don't know why, we lived in Indiana, maybe that's why, I was wearing bib overalls. <laughs> Had some new bib overalls and we went shopping to the outlet mall and I went to Brooks Brothers to buy a suit. <laughs> in my big, they were Big Smith, these were good bib overalls now. And no one would look at me or help me. So I didn't buy a suit at Red Brooks Brothers that day. I hope you feel welcome today. I, I, we always try to have somebody saying hello to you. Betty does a great job doing that. We thank Betty for, for doing that. And Betty's getting clapped for today. Um, a lot of you are good at this. John Orgeron goes out there, and my wife Jeannie goes out there. And Wimbreth is great at welcoming people and most all of you are, and, and I appreciate what you do. I would hate to feel unwelcome at church, but it's happened to me before. Has it happened to you? Today we're going to look at just how important it is that we welcome one another. And it is important. I've argued sometimes Walmart used to do better jobs than churches do because at least they'd say hello to you when you came in the front door. Romans chapter 16 is where we begin, and you're going to see an interesting word pop up and pop up and pop up and pop up, I think about 17 times in these few verses. Paul writes, greet Prissa and Aquila, who work with me in Christ Jesus, and who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but also the churches of the Gentiles. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epinetus who was the first convert in Asia for Christ. Greet Mary, who has worked very hard among you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my relatives who were in prison with me. They were prominent among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachus. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my relative Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. Greet those workers in the Lord, Trephena and Trephosa. Greet the beloved Persis who has worked in the yard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and greet his mother, a mother to me also. Greet Erechentus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brother and sisters who are with them. Greet Philogelus, Julia, Nereus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Did you notice a theme there? Any word jump out at you? Are you still awake? What, what word is it that, that you noticed? Greet. 17 times in those few verses. It's a Greek word which means to salute, to pay respects to, and to welcome. Before we go further, let's pray. Lord, we live in a divided world. We didn't have to come to church to learn that. We can tell. Father, there are so many things that divide us. 
And then we come to your house. And we are all on level ground at the foot of the cross. All of us equal before you. None above, none below, all the same. Thank you for that. And thank you that we can come together. No matter where we are from and where we have been and what we have done and what's going on, we can be your children. And so today, Father, we pray that we would feel welcome in your house because of your great love and we would have great love for one another. That we would greet and welcome and salute and pay respect and prefer each and every one in this place and then the hard part out of this place. Make that so in the name of Jesus. Amen. There are some interesting verses in the Bible about greeting. Romans 16, 16 says this. We stopped at verse 15, but verse 16 says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. Hmm. It says it more than once. 1 Thessalonians 5.26, greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. 1 Corinthians 16.20, all the brothers and sisters send greetings, greet one another with a holy kiss. 2 Corinthians 13.12, greet one another with a holy kiss, all the saints greet you. 1 Peter 5.14, Peter gets in on the act, greet one another with a kiss of love, peace to all of you who are in Christ. What's going on here? Have we missed something? Should I grab you when you come in the door? Should I grab you when you go out the door? In our society, kissing is something that, well, you better be careful. It's, it better be your wife or your mama or you're going to get in trouble if you grab the wrong person. It can be illegal. It can ruin careers. In, for example, in Idaho, there's a city called Bench, Idaho, and it's still on the books where you can kiss your intended, but if you do it on Sunday, you're required to pause for breath between each kiss. Idaho. Logan County, Colorado, it's illegal to kiss a sleeping woman no matter who she is. Hagelthorpe, Maryland, it's illegal to kiss for more than one second. In Waterloo, Nebraska, this doesn't have to do with kissing, but I put it in here because it can. In Waterloo, Nebraska, barbers are forbidden from eating onions between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. <laughs> you don't want to kiss somebody eating onions. In Eureka, Nevada, men who wear mustaches are forbidden from kissing women. In Wisconsin, it's illegal to kiss on a train. So kissing today can get you in trouble. You know, it's a cultural thing. Have you met someone from a culture where they do that? And, and, and they come at you and you don't know what to do? It's, just, it, it, it's awkward. But back when these words were written and in this culture, nobody took offense if you did that. In fact, they took offense if you didn't. Kissing was a way to show them that you liked them. Kissing was a, on the cheek with a way of showing acceptance and affection it's kind of like shaking hands which I do or hugging each other would be in our culture 
my point is this. The early church spent a lot of time being affectionate to each other because that's what Jesus said the church should be known for. John 13, 35 talks about you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And we show it in various ways. Someone once said, and I love this, they said, kissing is a means of getting two people so close together that they can't see anything wrong with each other. Isn't that good? Kissing is a means of getting two people so close together they can't see anything wrong with each other. And that was one of the goals in the New Testament church, to get people so close together emotionally that they'd get to the point when they didn't see each other's faults. And that's the point of today's church, isn't it? That you and I are so close together that we don't see faults. Today, Paul might say, greet one another with a holy hug or a handshake or a fist pump. It's a tool. And tools are designed to fix things. And this tool is designed of welcoming, is designed to fix the isolation. And we live in a society that a lot of people are isolated and lonely and don't feel like anybody cares. And that should change when they come into a family of believers. If I use a tool in the right way, I can fix what is broken. If we use a tool in the wrong way, it breaks things. Today, people use affection as a tool. Have you seen the get long shirt? If you have kids that are fighting, parents have been known to use the get along shirt. Here it is. <laughs> you put them in the same shirt and you make them stay together until they get along. That's kind of what's going on here. That's kind of what we are supposed to do. I thought about this scripture this week about brothers that get, didn't get along. You likely remember their story. The book of Genesis tells a story of Isaac's son, sons Esau and Jacob. You likely recall how Jacob stole his brother's birthright and his blessing. Jacob runs away from his brother because there's bad blood and their paths finally cross again. Genesis 32 tells a story beginning at verse 3. Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, instructing them, Thus you shall say to my Lord Esau, thus says your servant Jacob. See what he's doing? He's kissing up already. The Lord Esau, the servant Jacob. Jacob messed up his brother and he's scared to death. And so he's trying to butter him up a little bit. I've lived with Laban as an alien and stayed until now. And I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male and female slaves. I've sent to tell my Lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau. He's coming to meet you. And by the way, 400 men are with him. And he begins to shake and to tremble and to fear. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies thinking, if Esau comes to the one company and destroys it, then the company that's left will escape. He's coming up with a defensive plan. At least half of us might live. 
Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country and to your kindred, and I will do you good. I'm not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed the Jordan, and now I've become two companies. He's praying now, Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I'm afraid of him. He may come and kill us all, the mothers with the children. Yet, God, you've said, I'll surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted because of their number. So he's praying and pleading and reminding God, you know, you said I might have a future and I need one, but it doesn't look too good right now. And you remember what happened? I pick up the story in verse 33. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming and 400 men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids, and he put the maids with their children in the front, and Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. And he himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself to the ground seven times. And can't you see him until he came to his brother? Just submission. Just, okay, I'm sorry. And he's just hitting the ground. But Esau ran to meet him, embraced him, fell on his neck, and he kissed him, and they wept. I love the story. I love the picture. Now they're so close, they don't see each other's faults. When I see my children off to this day, how old are they, 30 and 33, 31 and 34, something like that? I kiss them. Taylor, Ellen, that's how I say goodbye. I smell their hair so I can remember it till the next time because I love them. I remember the last time I saw my father, let's see, September the 1st, that's just right around the corner, um, 1983, he hugged me and kissed me goodbye. Last memory I have, he said, no, he loved you. And I love that memory. So the purpose of this tool of greeting and loving and hugging and sharing was to create friendliness in the church. And that's what the early church was known for. So in history, just a quick bit, when the early house churches gave way to the big cathedrals, and everybody marched in and stared at the back of the head in front of them. Something was gone and something was lost. And maybe you've experienced that. And the church became a collection of strangers. It's happening all over our country today. We have such a wonderful opportunity here at this place. And that's one of the reasons I love this place so much. Because we can know everybody. You should. Several years ago, the Seattle Special Olympics, there were nine contestants in the 100-yard dash. And all were physically or mentally disabled. And they assembled at the starting line, and the gun went off, and they started out. But it wasn't the fastest run. And they were doing their best and enjoying themselves. And about halfway through, a, a boy stumbled and fell on the asphalt track. And 
sat down and began to cry, and the other runners heard his cry, slowed down, looked back. They all stopped and turned around and went back. One girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed him on his head and said, that'll make it better. And then all of them, nine of them, just linked arm in arm and walked together to the finish line. That's what a holy kiss or handshake or fist pump or hug is all about. It's about linking arms with brothers and sisters in Christ and then walking together towards Jesus. Because the only way we win is by staying together and loving each other. As Christians, we should be that way. This is the easy part with everyone in here, but then everyone out there too. And that's where it gets hard. Matthew 5, 47 says this. Jesus says, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Don't even tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect, complete, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And our Father is perfect because he greets us and always has and always will. And you should know that your heavenly father's crazy about you. Little boy went to bed one night and the storm came and the lightning popped and he was scared to death and he ran to mom and dad as you perhaps did as a child or your child did to you. And Go back to bed, it's only the storm, you're safe, everything's good. And he went back and another clap of thunder came and he went back, did this several times and finally, mom said, you know, God is with you. Just go back and know that God is with you. And the little boy looked at mom and he says, yeah, God is with me, but I need somebody with skin. <laughs> you know, God is with us, and we know that, but don't we need somebody with skin too? We do. You've got skin. You've got God. Now go do something about it. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us in spite of who we are or can be. Thank you that we can come into your house and you welcome us. But Father, help us to go out of our way showing love. In here, yes, but out of here too. Maybe it's that person at work that we try to avoid. That maybe we should welcome. Maybe it's that neighbor that doesn't speak to anybody. I don't know who it is, but help us to reach out with skin and with God. Let us do that as a reaction to our thanksgiving because you have reached out to us. Father, thank you for the family of God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.